it's the proudest day and the proudest time and the seat of a relic here because that day and that hour and those minutes I got the butt between my teeth you know I really stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away I remember when we pulled on our helmets and Donald says to me what are we doing I said we're going for gold Barrett that's all we said I can still picture that run that was just the best best run ever Crunching Gears, the Rally Podcast, episode 37. Connor. I've done such a good job of getting that bit right. right. Okay. Welcome along to Crunching Gears, the Rally Podcast, episode 37. Connor Edwards, you're as welcome as always. Thanks, Kevin. Again, one of my favourite times of the week. Get to yeah. Nerd out. <laughs> um, this year we're still sort of on WRC Catalonia mode. Uh, we look back at it. We catch up with our latest WRC champion, James Fulton, and, and Josh McLean joins him. We also catch up then with Wall Crichton. Um, this is going to be interesting. Wall was very keen to do as a, like a video diary as over the weekend. Um, I think it's a really nice day the way he was able to concisely you know, catch the mood on the day. And then he also speaks to us as well. Roman Cromerford then does a wee vlog of his experiences of you know WRC Catalonia and from you know he was over there with part of the MI Academy so that, that's interesting very interesting as well then we go stateside we catch up with Keaton Williams um, he's recently been crowned ARA uh, co-driver champion so that's a you know a huge step for him as well too great to see and then uh, finally then we'll catch up with Matt Cotton then from the BRC and give us a kind of a lowdown how the championship finished out. And then looking forward to next year. So, jam packed show, Connor. Uh, but I suppose we'll start off with Catalonia. Uh, or should I say, hola to you at this stage? Buenos dias. Ah, Kevin, still recovering, knackered. Uh, great, great event. Um, and it's funny watching the blow up this week around the fact that the event is not on the calendar. Although the calendar is not finalized, so things could change. But the, the event has been dropped for next year and um, it seems to be two camps. It seems to be the WRC Plus viewers versus Rally 1 dra- crews um, with the fact that, you know, probably from a spectator point of view, watching it on TV, it's not a very dramatic rally. Mm-hmm. It's the closest they get to being on a racing circuit. From a spectator's point of view, fabulous atmosphere. It's a fantastic, it's bringing... You, you know what do you call it I'm gonna drop name drop here when i was in the service park was talking to bobby willis and one of the comments bobby made was how do we bring rallying to the masses to the uninitiated there's no point in preaching to con- to the converted um and to me wrc catalonia is one of those events that does bring it to the masses it's you know in a seaside resort town full of accommodation it's full of restaurants the stages are always then you know you don't have too far to travel to get to them there's a street stage in the middle of this place hundreds if not thousands of tourists get exposed to rallying uh i i I, it's a shame it's not in the calendar and i've been to service parks in finland and service parks in germany 
they don't have the same buzz, the same crack, the same atmosphere um, as Rally Spain. So I, I personally, I think it's a huge loss um, if it gets dropped more than a year. Yeah. And they could that drop off in WRC plus viewers be there's so many, you know, Irish flags on over on the stage. And not just Ireland, but you know, right across like OJ was saying the amount of French flags that was out and like and like the cheap flights to get to Spain, it makes it so much more accessible for for tourists as well. Absolutely. There's a humongous mix of nationalities on the stages in Salou, around Salou for the event. Um, and it's one of those things where you might have somebody who's a real strong, you know, rally head. Their family mightn't be, but they can all travel together. The family make the most of the tourist attractions mm-hmm. whilst, the you know, the, the, the rally head goes off and enjoys the stages. So it, it's a fabulous place for that. One, one thing I probably noticed, though, was a lack of Estonian flags this year. There was a handful. Normally, you see Estonian flags everywhere. Itanic has a massive following, but it was noticeably absent in um, Spain this year. Funnily enough, yeah, yeah, and like that it leads on then to you know <laughs> the like I, I, like we probably knew it was coming, but like so dramatically on Sunday evening, you know the rally wasn't right finished, and the news broke that Oit was leaving Hyundai. You know it says by you know it was strangely worded, mutually consent. You know. Like, so is it, um, you know, was there another year left in the, the contract? It kind of looks that way. You know, it's not that, that the contract wasn't being renewed or, you know, it was. It seemed to sort of steer towards, it. it you know, there was still a contract in place for next year, but it wasn't being taken up. Yeah, from from everything I've, I've heard and seen over the weekend, there, you know, there was a, a you know, uh, Tanak was halfway through a two-year contract mm-hmm. and he does seem to be the person that, that's making the break in the contract here. Mm. Um, I'm not entirely surprised that it happens in Spain because if we go back a couple of years, that's a, that's the place where Tanak announced he was leaving Toyota mm. and he did it in Spain and, you know, towards just before the, 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 the championship wrapped up. So I'm not entirely surprised that with the likes of with with one event to go in Japan that he made the announcement now, I suppose, to give the time, uh, the yeah. team a bit of time to to find a replacement for sure for sure and like we shouldn't let this overshadow like that uh, you know the master making a return oj like phenomenal um like on friday he was probably disadvantaged by where he was running on the road he, you know it was a bit dirty a bit mucky but he was there thereabouts and never the 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 you know the carriage fell his way on the, the saturday and then into sunday you know he made the road position count and by saturday afternoon it was his rally to lose really wasn't it Absolutely. It was classic OJ. It was the OJ that we know as the world champion. Um, And when you look back at some of the previous events he's had this year and last year as a part-time driver, it's looked sometimes like maybe has the edge gone off a bit or is he as motivated? But I don't think that's the case. I think it's lack of seat time, particularly as is a new, you know, the hybrids are new. Mm-hmm. They're new to OJ. And the fact that he, this is a back-to-back rally for him. He's come off the back of New Zealand. Um, He's got the seat time in New Zealand. Um, I think a mixture of he was back on it in New Zealand, but I think held back slightly to make sure that Rovan Perra picked up his championship. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do in Japan yeah. with, you know, another back-to-back rally having clinched 
uh, the, man fighters, uh, the man fighters, the man fighters, the titles in the bag. You know, yeah. they, they have a free run at it now, almost now, and they'll obviously want to put on a show in front of the the, the hierarchy in the field as yeah. well. And you know, if if he was driving at nine tenths in in Catalonia, he can go ten tenths because the manufacturer's title, as you say, is secure mm-hmm. at this stage. So there is nothing to lose. Yeah, and like Kelly, he couldn't say he had a bad rally from his third, but he just seemed to like that final fraction. You know, need it sometimes. Maybe he's a champion now and he just was quite happy to let OJ do his thing. Like, it's hard to imagine uh, Kelly earlier in the year letting the bill through and, you know, taking that second place without more of a fight. I think it's just he's a laid back guy. Uh, you know, he didn't need to beat Neville. Um, coming in third was sufficient to make sure the manufacturers, and to be honest, I think. The manufacturers was there in the back of his mind that, that that title that he couldn't dare risk, you know. And and one hand, whilst uh, I'm going to flip this slightly, we've been very aware of how what a year Hyundai have had, and it's not been a good year at all. But the fact that they've kept Toyota honest right up to the penultimate round of the championship, you know, Toyota didn't walk away with this okay. in the middle of the summer. They've actually, Hyundai have held them to to practically the end of the championship before Mm -hmm. they could catch it. But I would say that was there in Robert Perrin's mind. He couldn't risk doing anything stupid either. That's a good point, actually. I never thought of it like that. And like, you know, Neville had a great rally. You know, he always seems to struggle out there on the Friday morning getting, you know, the feeling. But once he gets the feeling, there's not many can touch him. No, he, he, you know, again, on tarmac, he's a very, very quick guy. Um... Uh, again, you know, struggling with a car that isn't 100% right, but probably suits his style of driving better than Tanex or Danny Sordo's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I suppose if you compare Sordo to previous years where he stepped in as a part-time driver and had a podium finish in Spain, typically. Yeah. Whereas this year, he was just that bit, you know, farther back off the pace in fifth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it seems to be these new generation cars... They're not as easy just to step in mm. as the, the previous incarnation, you know. They seem to be that wee bit more time. You need the, the, the more seat time with them, I think, and to get the best out of them. And then, you know, Tannock had a Tannock rally, you know. he Whenever he's brilliant, he can be outstanding. And whenever he's not feeling that he can not just cruise around, like that's not fair, but it just doesn't seem to be prepared to put, you know, the final tenth into it. Yeah, there are times, and certainly if we go back a year, that looks to have been the case in in Spain and and Monza where he didn't show. Um, This year he did have issues with a hybrid unit on the Friday and he had also alternator issues. So the car wasn't, you know, pulling for him the way he needed it. And again, you know, if he knew that he was walking away from this during the event... How hard did he need to try? Who? What did he have to prove to anybody? True, 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 true. Uh, and then, you know, um, M Sport, what can we say? You know, it hasn't been said before. It's, it's, you know, it's probably a stronger event for them than there has been in the recent events. But, you know, they're still just not getting the rub of the green on it. No, it's just not going their way. Um, I don't know whether there's a par underperformance there as well as the other issues you know i don't know have they done all of their development that they could have done obviously they've got budgetary constraints this year which might have impacted that slightly in theory this should have been a strong event for them brain formo um lube 
Um, even Greensmith is is this car suits him better than the the the, the previous WRC cars, mm-hmm. but just it's luck is not there with him this year whatsoever. And like we you know, we can't for you know let it slip by now. You know Paul Nagel's final rally too. Uh, you know he got a great send off. Ah, oh, fabulous send off, phenomenal! Mm-hmm. Like genuinely, the the support for Paul was incredible and palpable. You could feel it. You know, on the stages, listening to the commentary of of you know the spectators and the media guys nearby, um, and and just you know the reception he got at the finish ramp was incredible. Yeah, it shows the respect that the man's held, and you know, and that, that that's always great to see. Like, so. Yeah, and and yeah, you know, the likes of Julian Gracia came to the event as well. You know, the people came to say goodbye to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that wouldn't ordinarily have been there for sure, for sure. And then we had our own WRC two junior co-driver, like an other world champion. Like this is phenomenal. You know, I know these guys weren't directly involved with the MI Academy, but they benefited from the, you know the program being in place. Uh, James Fulton, you know, what can we say? Him and Josh drove the rally they needed to drive. Absolutely. Listen, James has put the work in, you know, uh, as you say, like not directly involved with MI Academy as such, but he's put incredible work in over the years, you know, getting experience here in the States, in the Middle East, mm-hmm. um, you know, and doing testing work with Craig as well. So, you know, th- this hasn't just come out of thin air. Like mm-hmm. the guys worked hard for it. Um and again, a testament to the quality and the standards that we have here in, in Ireland. That is for sure. And you caught up with them earlier, so we'll hear what they, they have to say for themselves. Um, yeah, it was it was a good event. Um, obviously, a tricky one with the, the amount of cuts and, and stuff like this here with the gravel and the road on a on a racetrack like uh, nature. So, uh, yeah, it made things interesting with setup and and pushing along from, from the start of the weekend. But, yeah, we had, we had one goal and to come away from the weekend and obviously it was to get James the, the title and yeah secure half secure ourselves a, a position to be in to, to get a drive next year again and, and James with regard to that title you know you're trying to focus on WRC Spain doing your job working with Josh also with the, the, the junior co-driver championship title in mind and then the whole furore going in the background about the fact that you know, you're going to be joining Craig Breen from Rally Japan. How did you stay focused? How did you put all the distractions, you know, to, to one side? Um, yeah, I just focused on on, on Spain. I, I said, I was chatting to Josh just beforehand that it was announced with Craig the week before. So I was happy enough to get that out of the way and uh, fully focused on Spain is, you know, I had a job to do there and it's, you can't be uh, distracted. It's uh, there's so much going on in them events. Um, yeah, so I just kind of forgot about it to be honest, and kind of blanked it out as best I could, and fully focused on Spain and get through it. Because you yeah, have jobs through there, and uh, we really need to get to finish for both our sakes. So uh, yeah, to be honest, it was it was fine just to be focused on it, and then um, yeah, I said to myself a reset after Spain and take it one event at a time. And you were both there last year in Spain. Um, and then obviously this year, a couple of new stages, a couple of changes to to the the running of the, the the stages on Friday as well, running in reverse. Bigger cuts, as you mentioned, Josh. And then obviously a little bit of changeable weather, you know, adding to that where there's a bit more muck as well as the gravel being pulled out in the roads. Like how what was the the, the pre-event preparation like? And then did that 
properly prepare you then for the more mixed conditions this year? Um, yeah, sorry, you cut out there. Uh, yeah, pre-event, pre-event testing went really well, actually. Um, we had two days of it, so uh, yeah, we, we had a good base to start the event with. Um, we felt we'd done, we'd done good work in that there, so going into the rally, yeah, it was mixed conditions with the, the rain on Friday morning, and yeah, we, we could say we, we were maybe on the wrong tyre for the first loop, but yeah, we had to do what we had to do and, and get around it, so uh, yeah, there was a lot of... Uh, a lot of new things in terms of tire packages that we took on board that weekend and tried. So, uh, yeah, it made things interesting with, with the whole, the weather, but yeah, on Friday afternoon, we had a, a small problem with the car. So I'm not sure if you're in the service at nighttime, we maybe, you maybe couldn't see us that much, but, uh, yeah, we got through it and there was many, many positives to take away, but, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot depend on this one for, for the next step. And, and James, any sort of dramas along the way? Was it a fairly clean run, or did uh, was there a bit of excitement? <laughs> yeah, it was. A, it was. A, it was a steady run. You know, um, the objective from the world goes to get to the finish, no matter what. So t- it was. It was steady, and there was. You know, it's sometimes not that enjoyable when you're just you're just trying to get through, and you're not actually pushing. There was a lot more left in us, let's say, but. Um, Yes, this is part of the game. Sometimes you have to do that. So we don't know what we were asked, asked what we got through. But um, uh, yeah, there was a few dramas, a few technical issues with the car, which was took a bit of um, uh, managing from both ourselves and the team throughout the weekend. So it was uh, yeah, everyone doing what we had to do to get through. And uh, uh, yeah, it was sometimes you were <laughs> a bit nervous if going to make it or not but um, no it, uh, thankfully it all worked out and Motorsport Ireland were there in force um, particularly with some of the, the, the juniors in the academy um, guys and girls did you get an opportunity to work with some of them because I know they were there shadowing and trying to learn what was going on and doing recce practice etc uh, or were you just too focused on your own event and too busy to to, to help out the MI guys or, or support the MI guys um, I think it, it was great to see so many of the academy out. Um, to be honest, before the event, I didn't expect to see so many of them. But uh, yeah, it was good to have them there shadowing us and, and seeing what, what can they do for their own career. Um, but yeah, of course, this is what we do <laughs> during the week as well to try and help the whole academy and, and bring it on as a whole. So uh, yeah, to have these people here to, to see what we do at, at that level and to, to let's say see where they can go if they, they put in the work and the effort so yeah I think as a whole the academy and the, how it was represented in Rally Spain was uh, a huge plus going forward with obviously John and Sean taking the reins of the whole thing and, and pushing it on so uh, yeah I think a lot of federations can see what's going on here and uh, maybe take a leaf out of their book <laughs> and James I don't know if you, you've seen the, you know the, there's a lot of talk now uh, because WRC Spain's dropped next year from the calendar and some of the the Rally 1 drivers have come out today and yesterday, you know, sort of saying not a good thing from their perspective. It's a good event and, you know, it's a very spectator-friendly event. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, whether it's it's something that it would be better in the calendar than being dropped. Yeah, it's, it's, 
I, yeah, I can understand where they're coming from, especially being Irish. It's it's it always draws a massive Irish crowd, so it'll be uh, the pity to see it see it drop because there's always such good atmosphere around, like um, from an Irish respect, because there's always so many people out Irish people out supporting it. So it's it's really nice to see that, and it's always you know it's, it's with the service park so close to the town and everything, everything walking distance and so much accommodation and everything. It's very spectator friendly, and yeah, even for crews friendly, it's it, it's. You know, even with the stage on the town stage on Saturday, even as well, it's such massive crowds at it, and yeah, it'd be a pity to see it drop. But um, yeah, I don't know what's replacing it yet. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Hoping in, in the next few years, it can make a comeback. And James, Rally Japan's just around the corner. Obviously, you know, you you you're getting yourself. <coughs> prepped and ready you know for that what what's involved in the preparation that you're doing and, and when will you be heading out to japan uh, i arrive on the yeah i arrive in nagoya on the saturday before the yeah, recce starts monday it's three-day recce so i arrive on saturday and yeah it's it's to be honest it's not massively different to the prep that i normally do with josh it's the same principles it's um but yeah there's different team obviously there's different ways of doing things with them and they like things differently so it's and of course the rally one carbine hybrid and that it's a bit more work to do with it and a bit more understanding of it but um yeah there's a lot of people there in m sport and, and craig's team that are uh, help uh, helping already with me and they're they're to be fair they've been very helpful any questions i've, I've asked that so it's it's all starting to fall into place and i'm uh, yeah, really looking forward to them can we take on now? And Paul Nagel will be out there to support you. So, what would his role be in, in, in the, you know, helping you to adjust into, you know, a semi works team? Yeah, it's uh, Paul. Um, yeah, I've been talking to Paul every day. I have many questions for him, and he's been quite patient with me. So, um, yeah, no, he 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 he'll be arriving. I, uh, I think on the Monday or Tuesday. He'd be just there to help, help guide me and any questions I have and what way the team run things and just be there as a helping hand, I guess. And if there is you know, any issues, he'd, he'd be always there to help me or point me in the right, right direction, give me the voice like he well, like he has been doing for a long time now. So, uh, yeah, it'll definitely be a, a nice comfort to have him there. And Josh, that means you're now searching for a co-driver. Um, you know, you've helped Keaton Williams, Aaron Johnson, and now James up into the top tier of, of, of WRC. Who's next? <laughs> um, we're not so sure yet. Um, obviously, there's there's good options at home as well with, with the Mountain Irish people calling, calling notes. So, yeah, it's great to see. It's great to see these lads get to the, to the pinnacle of the sport. Um, I, let's say I played my small part in it. But, yeah, they put in the work to work to get. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's something that I can be proud of as well to to help them there. And uh, yeah, I think James will do a great job at the top. And, and yeah, we'll be watching WRC Plus in Japan, see how it goes. And I hope all goes well. And Josh, is it too early yet to, to talk, think about or talk about next year? Do you have plans yet? Or is it, or is, you know, there's many, many balls up in the air or? Yeah, obviously there's many balls up in there at the moment. Um, we're only couple of days away from the end of the last rally of the season so uh 
yeah, as we said before, this getting to the finish of this event was a big thing to get to get next year rolling again. So, uh, yeah, it's thanks to the, the MI Rally Academy. Obviously, PCRS has put a team out in the World Championship to to fight anyone in the World Championship. So it's a credit to to John Coyne to put this all together to to get a team there, to get a crew there, to promote a crew to to a rally one seat. So uh, I think. He deserves a lot of kudos for this because there hasn't been any sport like this in the past forever, let's say. So, um, yeah, and obviously there's a lot of other people involved too with Sean McHugh and then the partners that come along with that, Enda McCormick, etc. So it's been a, a big team effort to get us to the to World Championship this year and ultimately that's where we want to be next year. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a busy, busy winter trying to get things lined up, but yeah. We've we've done what we've asked for in the last this last rally, and uh, let's see going forward. So interesting times ahead for for James, um, starting you know next month in in Japan, but also interesting times for Josh as he you know puts that recruitment process underway to find out who's going to be sitting with him next. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know like the amount of other Irish interest about in the event too. Great to see, you know, Aaron Johnson, you know, himself and take take another uh, good strong. Like I think that's them more or less secure in fifth now in the championship. Great to see, um, you know, Craig as we mentioned earlier, and then in the ERC part of the rally, you know, I think we should give a special shout out to them. It's the first foreign event was Ryan Caldwell and Grace O'Brien, and they took a strong finish, fourteenth overall and sixth in the sixth in class in the ERC. You know, brilliant, you know, absolutely brilliant. And then we also had Philip Allen out there in one of the PCRS high undies too. Um, we know how spectacular Philip can be, you know. Uh, I know he had a couple of offs, but like the times were good in fairness. And Alan Harriman was out. Um, was a late call-up, Connor he got, I think. It was indeed, yeah, a very late call-up indeed. Um, we're sitting with a uh, New Zealand guy, Luke Anir, Um and... Uh... What do you call it? Luke is actually the the boss of Safety Culture, which is one of the M Sport um, sponsors. But uh, that yeah, what do you call it? Luke was basically unused to the R five, so he was bedding in, and you know, no better man than than Alan to you know help him there with that. And uh, they had an off on the Friday. Uh, on one of the, I think it was the last stage of the day or the second last stage of the day, but they actually had to call the fire crew because they were. The car had gone off the road, was down a hill, and they felt if they were to exit the car, the car would continue to roll further. So they were actually keeping the car kind of balanced, but the, the only way to get out was they had to call the fire crew to come and help them. So initially it was reported that the car was on fire, which it wasn't, mm -hmm. um, but they were able to get get out, get the car rescued and, and uh, return under Super Rally. And then, you know, you know that stalwart of the WRC, even Bowden and MJ Morrissey, you know, they go around, do their rallying. Like, they must do, what, three or four, maybe even five WRC events every year and below the radar, just goes and enjoys his rallying. Like, you have to tip your hat to the guy, you know, that's brilliant. And I think they have an entry in for Rally Japan, two of them, right, as well, you know. So. They do. They have, they have a car en route to Japan. Mm -hmm. So they so they're, what they had in Spain wasn't their regular uh, fiesta either. And mm -hmm. then... Um, what do you call it? Uh, MJ was up for potentially taking the WRC Masters Co-Driver Award, but got pipped 
um just at, at the post at the on the on the Sunday. Oh, we could have three world champions in this year. Yep. <laughs> but the the guy that impressed us most was uh Wall Crichton. Like Wall was as I said at the start of the thing, very kindly done as a, a like a, a video diary, just has thoughts at the end of each day. Uh, we'll hear from that first. And then you know, for them to come away with then the the overall non-registered crew, I think, was in, in Rally 2. You know, great achievement for the first time out. Absolutely, yeah. The first They were the first non-priority crew yeah, home. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, it was an incredible achievement. And, and genuinely, you know, very clean, very neat, very tidy, uh, really good drive from, from Will and Liam. Mm-hmm. So I think you'll enjoy this wee video diary. It's just Will's thoughts. And then we'll hear Connor call up with Will himself and get, you know, a few more thoughts, yeah. Hi everybody, it's uh, Thursday here at Rally Spain. Um, yeah, we're just walking back to the apartment after the ceremony will start this evening. So far we've had a test on Sunday and Monday to get a few kilometres in the car before shakedown this morning, which was, yeah, it was really nice and uh, really glad to get that opportunity that uh, we can learn what the car's like and yeah, just get a bit of a feel for it before going into to this morning. So yeah, the recce is done and the stages are quite similar, most of them to last year, which I've, I've done. So. That's nice. We we started with fresh notes, um, just to try and make them a, a, as good as possible. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to it. Uh, the stages are going to be really tricky with probably a lot of gravel pulled out from the cars in front, especially if we're running a little down the order. But uh, yeah, it should be good. Um, hopefully the the rally will be dry. We uh, we did shake down this morning and. Uh, yeah, we, we get four extra tyres for taking part, so we went in the hard tyre and the road was quite wet, so it was a little tricky, but uh, yeah, the, the objective was just to get the four tyres, which we can make use of now throughout the weekend. But yeah, as I say, it's uh, it's going to be a tricky event, um, nice stages, very fast, um, but yeah, really looking forward to it and uh, really happy to be here and compete for the first time in the Rally 2 car, which yes, yeah, so far I'm, I'm already really enjoying it. So. Yeah, hopefully I can keep everybody updated throughout the weekend and uh, you'll see what it's like to uh, to do a WRC event. So we're at the final regroup, just waiting to go into the last service. Um, today's been really good, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we've uh, we've got quite comfortable with the car in the last loop and really enjoying driving it. Um, this morning was really tricky with a lot of dirt in the road and uh, yeah, it was wet this morning. So unfortunately we picked up a puncture, uh, which we had to stop and change, lost quite a lot of time. but. After that, it's been really positive. The, the times have been good, and we've we've learned the car with each stage. So, yeah, it, it's been great, and as I say, we've definitely enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, get into service now. Probably not change too much. Looking forward to tomorrow. It's stages that I've done from last year. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it should be good, and hopefully, we can have a, the same as today. Just learn the car each stage, and uh, yeah, continue to enjoy it. We're uh, just about to go into the final service uh, on Saturday, so yeah, it's been a really good day, another fun day driving the car. Um, this morning we, we got caught out on, on hards on, on a wet road, so yeah, it was um, yeah another experience, but uh, all in all it's been positive. We, a couple of stages were cancelled and then uh, really fun to finish the day off down in uh, Salou on the street stage, which was yeah really slippy, but um, yeah, there were so many fans and saw lots of flags out in the stages today, so yeah, it's definitely uh, going well and um, I say a lot of fun. So yeah, tomorrow is um, really technical stages, uh, a lot of driving still to go. So hopefully we can work on what we've been um, putting together the last couple of days and try and finish the rally on a high. 
we are about to go into the midday service on Sunday. It's been a good morning. Uh, the first stage was, was okay. I just couldn't get into much of a rhythm. I don't know whether I hadn't woken up or there was quite a lot of gravel on the road. It just, it, it all didn't click, but uh, the time was okay. Uh, and then the, the second stage was really nice, doing it round the roundabout. And from there, the rest of the stage is really twisty, a lot of long corners that tighten. So the notes worked really well and, and we had a really fun run through it. So yeah, just trying to work on things throughout the weekend and how to drive these cars and try to keep improving our pace. But so far we're happy. We'll uh, get new tires now in service, check everything over um, with the team and uh, yeah, go out and try and do the last loop and uh, enjoy the last two stages that we have in the car. So we're into the final service uh, on Sunday. Um, yeah, we had a really good last loop. The, uh, the first stage was much better than, than it was this morning. Um, it got a nice, nice rhythm into it. So yeah, that was good. And then finished on the Rio de Cana, the power stage. Um, tires went off a little bit, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, more doing that the roundabout. So yeah, we're gonna enjoy our last drive down to Salou uh, in the Hyundai. And uh, yeah, it's been a really good week. So I have to say a big thanks to PCRS, British Championship, and all the guys, Motorsport Ireland Academy. You know, I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, for this and I'm really glad that we got to make use of the prize here in Spain. It's a rally that I really liked last year and um, yeah, it's uh, been another really enjoyable week and uh, yeah, so thanks to everybody. So William, you're just back from Rally Spain. How did it go for you? Yeah, it uh, it was a really good week. Um as I've said, you know, since the event, it's probably been one of the most enjoyable rallies that I've done. We, you know, it was a prize drive. Uh, of course, thank you to everyone who who made it happen. British Championship, Hyundai Motorsport, Reese Insurance, Pirelli UK with with tires and things like that. So yeah, there was a lot of people who who were behind us to make that all possible. But uh, yeah, probably one of the most enjoyable rallies. No pressure. Just go and enjoy it. And uh, yeah, it was a fairly smooth event for us and not too many issues. Um, well, really no issues at all, apart from a puncture at the start of the rally. So yeah, it was a good week. And just for anybody who's unfamiliar, how did the 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 you know the the prize drive come about? So in 2021, we won the junior British championship and for winning that, it was a prize drive and in the Hyundai um for for a round of the WRC. So yeah, when whenever we took out the rallies that uh, obviously we couldn't do with long haul events and things like that. And then the rallies that we were doing as part of the JWRC, it didn't really leave that many. And, and Spain was one of them. And I had done that last year as part of the juniors and tarmac. It sort of, it sort of seemed like a good option. So um, yeah, I don't think Spain is now in the calendar for the WRC next year. So it was nice to do that uh, one final time and, the stages are so nice um you know they get a little bit dirty with the cuts and things like that but they're a lot of fun to drive high speed and we're used to seeing you in a rally three so what was it like going to rally two did you have a lot to get your head around was there a big learning curve or a steep learning curve yeah, there's definitely coming from the rally three you know a year and four-wheel drive there's there's no doubt that that made it a lot easier uh than if i was jumping from the rally four car you know a front-wheel drive car into a four-wheel drive rally two car that that's definitely a big step so it's nice to see you know that that rally three category the feeder series is working well and it you know definitely helps making that transition um but you know still having said that you know have, not having done a lot in the rally two car whenever we get into the Hyundai on the test uh, at the start of the week it was a bit of a shock and you know the power and how aggressive the cars are it um yeah it, it was a bit of a shock and 
you know, it um, it takes a bit of getting used to, but it's funny, you know, after the event, it all, what seemed quite crazy at the start, seems really normal uh, come Sunday. So um, I think we got to grips with it quite well. And, you know, we had a test on Sunday and Monday, um, which was really good. You know, it means that we weren't going into the event, you know, cold and we felt comfortable with the car, which I think, you know, was a reason why we were able to sort of start at quite a good pace and, you know, build from there. And was there anything in particular you had to adjust about your style of driving to to suit the car? Yeah, we did a lot of work, you know, through the event and during the test with, um, you know, Philip at PCRS and Carlos, the engineer. And I think one of the main things was, you know, just my inputs into the steering wheel. I think coming from the Rally 3 into the Rally 2, the, the Rally 2 car is quite sensitive and very accurate, especially on high speed. So, um, I was sort of taking two bites at the steering wheel for some of the, the high-speed corners, which would upset the car. So I think that was one of the main things that we, we highlighted and tried to work on through the event. But yeah, it was probably the first time that I've worked so closely with you know an engineer throughout the event and during the test. So that was nice. And it's definitely highlighted areas that I can go and work on now, which which is positive, You know where I can try and find a bit more pace. And you mentioned Philip Case, who's been preparing the, the Hyundai Rally 2 cars, and your stablemate was Josh McElaine. So was there an opportunity? Obviously, Josh has been competing for a while in, in the Rally 2 Hyundai. Um, did you get a chance to collaborate more closely with Josh? Like, was he able to help you with setup and, and settings for the car? <clears throat> yeah, Josh and, you know, James and the whole team, they were all really helpful. They were just trying to make the weekend, I suppose, as easy for us. They knew that we were coming in quite fresh and, They've done, you know, a few rallies in the car now. So, yeah, we were able to, you know, get a bit of a base set up and then work from that to try and make it, you know, a bit more comfortable for me. Um, but, yeah, it um, was all about just trying to help each other. And, you know, Josh was run ahead of me in the road. We were quite far back. So anything that we needed to know about, he was able to, you know, let the team know and then the team could pass the information on to us and, you know, vice versa, that if we were going over the stage before he was going over it for his second pass, we could try and, you know, give him a bit of feedback for what the conditions are like. So, yeah, it's, you know, there's so much information available now through, you know, w- WRC Live and things like that. So uh, particularly, you know, you saw in the last, the power stage with the corner that Cali got his puncture on. And, um, you know, Josh and I both got to know about that before we went into the stage. So things like that can just, you know, save you a puncture and, and save you any issues. So close to the end of the rally. And you mentioned earlier you'd competed in Spain last year as part of the JWRC couple of new stages stages particular in the friday were less technical more fast and flowing but bigger cuts and with that little bit of rain there was in, on on the friday morning a bit more pollution mud and gravel pulled out onto the road how was that what was that like to deal with yeah it was nice going back to spain we had been there last year although we crashed in the first yeah the first stage so we didn't have any experience of um the first stage all in but mm-hmm. uh we wrote fresh notes just with you know my driving's changed quite a lot you know over the the last 12 months so i've been doing that for most events this year um and they worked really well which is good uh but yeah we were throwing right in at the deep end uh on on thursday going into shakedown it was um it was quite wet and you're able to get four extra tires if you take part in shakedown so because we thought the rest of the rally was going to be mostly dry, we opted to use four hard tires to get those extra ones for the event. So um, it meant going in on shakedown and four hard tires uh, in pretty wet conditions. So, yeah, uh, in a way, it sort of 
it actually did help a bit, I think, because obviously the car was moving around a bit and had to learn how to catch it and how it slides and how to be gentle with the the power. Um, so it wasn't that nice, but it was also um, it was pretty cool as well. And you mentioned your 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 pace note making there with the rally two car. Did you find you had to tweak the notes even more, or were were they pretty much spot on even with the difference in the cars? What do you I think? Yeah, looking back on it now, there's definitely things that maybe I was too detailed with some stuff uh, in my notes and that, you know, the Rally 2 car is so impressive that, you know, some corners aren't even a corner. Uh, there's so much mechanical grip and the cars, you know, it, it's so accurate and sensitive that um, some short corners are just, you know, flat out, whereas I was maybe breaking too much for them and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think if I was to go back now looking at the onboards, there's things, you know, that I can change in my pace notes. But yeah, that that was definitely a big thing, trying to just get into your head uh, before the recce, you know, what the car's capable of and, um, you know, what things are flat out and, and, and stuff like that. But yeah, all that will just come with time in the car, I think. And in Spain, there was quite a big contingent of, of Motorsport Ireland, uh, particularly the academy guys and girls were over and, you know, using the event to to do a bit of networking and get to meet various people and players. And in, in the did you get a chance yourself to do that bit of networking or were you too busy, you know, concentrating on basically making sure you got to the end in, in the in the hand? Yeah, there was there were so many people over there, you know, spectators as well, which was great to see. Um but yeah, and, and Grace and, and Ryan were uh, in the ERC as well. So yeah, there was a lot of people there and, and the academy tried to bring in some guys, you know, uh, that might be looking at the academy in the next couple of years. So um, it's nice to get them in and, and get them embedded in what the WRC events are like. But um, yeah, it's it's hard to get the time for all this during the services uh, because you don't have so much time. And obviously, you know, your priority is the car and, and trying to look at the data mm. and and try and come up with a plan for the next loop. But um, it's great that all those guys are getting the opportunity to come out and, and see what it's all about. And you mentioned there about looking at the data and working with an engineer for the throughout the event. Did you find that very useful? Was it, a, you know, did you learn a lot from that as well? Yeah, there's definitely things that I would never have thought of doing or th- things that, you know, I didn't realize I had to do to improve, you know, my driving without looking at the data. Uh, so, you know, it's nice that you can come in during service, you can point out something um, and then, you know, you have another loop of stages to go back out, try it. And then you come back in at the end of the day and you see, well, did it work or not? Or do, were you able to make that improvement? So, yeah, I think this weekend was more about trying to, you know, make sure my driving was the right, doing things right before we would jump in and, and try and start changing things in the car. And, is it too early now to start thinking of next year? Will it be very hard to go back to Rally 3? Are you considering JWRC, you know, kind of what's on the table or or have you not even got to that point yet? Well, I suppose before Spain uh, was happening, that was going to be the work for those few months. And then whenever Spain was on the cards, that all got put in the back burner. So, yeah, that's going to be the next uh, thing to look at now because um, it'll not be start, you know, long to the start of the season. Um but yeah, after driving the Rally Two car, to be honest, it's they're they're so cool. The noise off them, and uh, yeah, it's just they're 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 awesome. But um, you know, the, from what I was doing this year in the juniors to make that step into the Rally Two program, you know, it's quite big, and I think there's still a lot I can learn. You know, with, with doing the likes of the juniors. But to be honest, we've we've got no plans 
uh, set. But uh, yeah, I'm going to try and uh, put something together and, and work hard over that in the next couple of months. So as I was chatting there to, to Will about the MI Academy side, and it also in the previous interview with Josh mentioned it too, there was a very strong MI contingent over learning what was going on behind the scenes, doing practice recce's, etc. They'd do the recce with the, the the proper rally crews, and then they'd go and have a look at the stages two days later to see how how big the cuts were, and you know what was sort of pollution being pulled onto the road. And then we had others looking behind the scenes, being on the co-driving side or the driver side. But one of the people that we got to catch up with was Ronan Comerford, who was there to see what went on behind the scenes at a big event like WRC Spain. And Ronan very kindly did a video blog for us. We are here in Salou with Ronan Comerford, and he has had a busy few days here in Salou at the WRC, a member of the Motorsport Ireland Rally Academy. Ronan, tell us all about your experience so far. Well, the experience has been uh, something else, to say the least. Um, I've I could probably say that I've nearly done everything but the rally. Um, I've met quite a lot of people um, and got got to know the the ropes. Um, and I was here to do a bit of observing, uh, so um, I've, I've certainly got my eyes opened, um, and I now know. Well, I've got an understanding of and a bit of an insight into how the WRC works and how what it's like when you come to this level. So, um, yeah, very happy with the week. Tell us uh, who you've met so far over here. Yeah, I've met a quite a lot of, uh, of great people. Um, obviously, if you come to these events, you're meeting uh, the top people. So um, one person that would stand out would be um, Andreas Zazotti, who is the director at Hyundai Motorsport Customer Racing. Um, I was invited to a meeting with him on uh, Wednesday evening, um, and we just got to uh, just have a general chat and a bit of an overview of what um, I do back home in Ireland uh, with the co-driving and sort of uh, what my uh, future hopes are. Um, so it was nice to hear his view of how I can uh, embark on new uh, new opportunities, um, and you know it's there's great support there from a lot of people as well within the teams, and it's nice to be able to get the opportunity to um, you know uh, get contact numbers, um, emails. Uh, so whenever I have any questions or I need any help with anything, um, you know there's always somebody there uh, to, to to talk to. Um, not forgetting our own uh, people uh, in the Motorsport Ireland Rally Academy, yeah, Sean McHugh and John Coyne, um, who have been very, very good to me this weekend um, and get me different things. Um, and I like it's, it's very thankful for that. Um, as you're probably aware, there's a lot of uh, support here from the Academy. I, just, I think all the members were here um, doing different and um, various jobs over the weekend. So it was nice for us all to see um, who. Uh, just, just in general, a, a general overview of what what goes on behind the scenes at WRC um, as well. So, um, and not forgetting the, the WRC All Life team who I met, um, Bex Williams, um, uh, who is obviously quite uh, a well-known person on the Irish Tarmac scene. Um, so it was nice to be able to, to chat with her about the media aspect. And the, I also got to do a lot of media um, with uh, a good friend. So um, through all of that, um, I'm getting behind the scenes access to places that you would never normally get access to and um, it has been really really good and uh, it has led to meeting a lot of um, people within the teams um, team principals, drivers um, and, and different people that just do a lot of work uh, within their teams so um, yeah it's been really really good and something that uh, it's a privilege to be able to do. Ronan tell us the highlight of this event for you. 
Yeah, there's been there's been quite a few highlights to say the least. Um, I'd say uh, getting the behind the scenes access with Philip Case and the PCRS team who run the guys in the academy um, and who was here on behalf of Motorsport Ireland as well. Um, so to be able to see um, how timing operates in a World Series using international timing, um, something that I have done at home, but uh, it's on a higher level and a higher bit of more detail here, uh, you could say. Uh, so learning that was a, was a step in, in itself. Um, also the tips that I was getting, um, I know um, obviously every sport has uh, the, the rules and regulations, so I think um, no one obeying them and knowing them is, is a major part of it as well and uh, looking at bulletins whenever they're published um, and keeping a constant eye on the overall run of the event um, and also up and behind where nobody really sees uh, in the team trucks getting to be able to see uh, how they interpret their the live timing how they uh, use graphs to determine um, how how far apart each driver is to a fastest driver. Um, I know we like using, we're only allowed to use a certain amount of tyres over here in WRC um, and uh, you know fuel schedules, recce schedules um, and a load of different uh, just general bits of information that it would seem maybe stupid to know but it's the most important thing you need to know uh, because sometimes knowing they a lot of the high stuff you could say isn't very beneficial it's the low it's the stuff that you know you would think but you don't need to know um, this is stuff that you do need to know so um listen it has been really really beneficial um as i, as I keep saying there's been a huge amount learned um something that i'm going to have to digest and actually maybe sit down and write about uh, and talk to the you know talk to myself about it and different members of the uh, the team uh but listen it's been really really good and something that i'm very privileged to be able to do um and obviously as i say to be able to observe and get it, uh, you know, under under my belt um, and the experience in itself, um, after, everything after that will just slot into place. So, yeah, very thankful to the team at the Motorsport Ireland Rally Academy for everything that they've done this weekend. Um, it's been really incredible, and uh, thank them very much for that. Thanks very much to Roland for taking the time to do that, that vlog. I think you know that's a young guy with a bright future ahead of him, no doubt about it. Um, and the American uh, Rally Championship there wrapped up a couple of weeks ago and Keaton Williams won the championship sat alongside uh, Brandon Seminuk. Uh, they caught a year that has been, you know, from your, uh, Ken Block and Travis Pastrana, uh, you know, and then some of our own guys from Ireland here too out there competing. And they, the level has definitely ratcheted up. But I thought it was nice to catch up with Keaton Williams and get, you know, his idea, you know, views on it. So without further ado, I started off by asking... Keaton, you know, what was it like standing on the podium with Ken Block and Travis Pastrana back in 2021 when they were still with Josh McLean? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, it's Air is kind of just in its own little world almost out, out in, in America. So, um, you know, Josh and I weren't quite sure how close we'd be to the Subarus. We knew they were fast, but we didn't realise how fast they would be. Um, so uh, the stages as any rally in America is super fast, super long straights. Um, but there was one stage called Wildcat, which is actually quite a famous stage. And it's more like the Welsh forest is tight, twisty, technical. Um, so we made a good set of notes through there and we were confident we had the car to do it. Um, and then when the time come, we actually won the stage. So we were just like, you know, over the moon, we beat, we beat Ken, we beat, um, Travis, Brandon, unfortunately went off, um, over a bridge, which is the same place where Barry crashed this year. Um, so yeah, and then at the end of the rally, we finished third and it was just like, you know, hanging out with Ken and Travis and we were just a bit, a bit surreal almost, but, yeah. 
it definitely promoted Josh's profile as a driver, which is kind of in that early stage of his career, which is, you know, is a big, big bonus for him. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty cool. And those guys are, you know, they're super chill. They have a conversation with him. They talk about rallying and, yeah, it was a nice environment to be around, but not one we expected. No, and like you know, if we do forget they are rally heads at the end of it all. You know, they love the smell of petrol the same as the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Like Travis is is uh, obviously been our teammate this year, and he's he's been a great guy. He's super competitive. Wants you know Subaru to be at the top step, and he's just an all round nice guy. Like even though he's a big personality, what you see in front of the camera is is him in real life. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was it was a good experience. Excellent, excellent. And and did and that in some small way lead to getting the call for 2022 to partner Brandon Semenuk? Yeah, so um I actually got spoken to Brandon because I used to sit with G Atherton, another mountain biker, another rebel athlete, back in 16. So I did the British Rally Championship with him. So um I just went up to Brandon. I was like, you know, how's things? And I know a few local mountain bikers, which he's done media pieces with. So we just got chatting, just you know, off, off the back kind of thing. And um, yeah, so I made a bit of a contact there and later did I know that we were going to be doing a full season this year. So it was <laughs> quite a big turnaround. But... And like, we we probably don't realise how big a, a household name he is. Like, he's a Red Bull athlete. You know, he's one of Canadian's top sportsmen. Like, this is like, I don't know, maybe like um, a Roy Keane or somebody going rallying. Yeah, exactly. Like in the mountain bike world, he's he still is the best in the world at what he does. Um, so he does like slope style kind of riding and for all the mountain bikers you mentioned Brandon Semenuk it's like mentioning Colin McRae or something like that to a, a rally fan you know it's yeah. it was that kind of um, profile he's got around him but mm-hmm. uh, in terms of America obviously you got the Ken Blocks and Travis Pastrano huge personalities Brandon's always like the quite the quiet one and the more chill out one so um, mm-hmm. you can kind of get overshadowed by that a little bit in the rally but he's still pretty uh, pretty handy behind the wheel yeah for sure for sure and like how you know the you know, did, was that a phone call or how did you get the news that you were setting with them in 2022? Yeah, so after I did um, my stuff at Toyota, so I did like six tests and Ypres, mm-hmm. and then I went to Acropolypse and after a few things I had to come home basically because I had a bit of a, a family matter, which was kind of priority. Um, so for six months, I I, you know, I didn't know when I was going to get back around again. I'm not sure it was going to be this year or the year after. It was mm-hmm. just, just waiting, you know. Um, and I see... Uh, he was. I see he had someone on a test, so he was, he was he took another co-driver on a test, and I thought, okay, it might be worth a message. So I just emailed him, got his email, and fired away, and he come back. And then within two weeks, I was over in America doing a, a test, and then he was happy enough, and I was happy, and we arranged to do uh, the rest of the season. So something feels like a long time ago, but it's been twelve months, so it's been a long year. <laughs> yeah, and like. The first rally, it was almost the, per- the the dream start, the the snow drift. You know, you're leading it, going into the final stage, but then, you know, buying something in the gearbox broke then. Yeah, so originally Travis Pastrana was meant to do the event because um, snow just kind of a bit like an anomaly to the championship. Like, a lot of people don't show up because it is just snow and ice, and um, you're not allowed to run studded tyres. So obviously the speed's quite low, there's a lot of risk of going off and whatnot. So um, Travis actually got injured on a base jump and um fractured his pelvis in his hip and he was in the right state so um super rang up brandon's like well the car's ready if you want to do it and at the time there wasn't ken wasn't doing it so it would have been the good place to get some championship points um yeah and then going into the second to last stage we were um first overall by about eight minutes um just pulled a gear and 
that was it game over so um it wasn't the end of the world like it still made it kind of a level playing field for the rest of the championship but it would have made it a lot easier, a lot less stressful going into the last few rounds. But like, what a year! Four ones later, you're crowned champions. Like, I would say, did it even exceed your own expectations for the year? Yeah, definitely. Like when we heard um, Kem was coming in a world car, you know, it's you can't get much better. Okay, it's not a full spec world car in terms of the full kind of the package, and obviously he's got some ARA kind of limitations, but it's still got the kind of the structure and the interns of a wide rally car you know and you look at it off the start line it still looks and sounds like a wide rally car um but you know we're going up against a car who's had millions of pounds worth for research and development compared to the subaru who's been doing bits and bobs and don't quite have the budget to be putting you know the um the the money into the research and stuff so we knew we we're gonna be on the back foot and of course brandon's only won one rally the previous year and travis is still kind of on pace so we just wanted to do our own thing and, you know, just see how far we can get. And then after the first few rounds, when obviously Ken hit the deer and we, we were on the pace, um, it started to become more of a reality, you know. But it was still always that thing in the back of our minds that Ken's going to be quicker just down to just down to the car. You know, mm-hmm. There was a few stages where we couldn't have gone much quicker. It could have took a handful of seconds. And then Ken would turn around and take 10, 13 seconds of us. So... We had to be smart with it, you know. We had to kind of be there or thereabouts, put enough pressure on Ken to make him go into a mistake or just to, you know, put enough on him just to make him not fully confident and comfortable kind of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was David versus Goliath the whole year. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's nice to be put the win. Yeah, and that speaks volumes for the, the team that Subaru has built, that they are able to take on and, and beat, you know, a world car as such, you know. It, you know, I know, yes, that the Subaru America team is big, but like as you talked about, the millions that's been poured into Hyundai to make it the car it was, um, to get a car capable of matching it, uh, you know, and beating it then at times, that's that's phenomenal. Yeah, definitely. You know, and obviously, Subaru's got such a big dominance in America, but they've never been one for being on the back foot in terms of having a slower car. So it was a new kind of approach this year for everyone in the team. It's not like we're just jumping in and it's just the fastest man wins and everything's on a plain level field. Like it was, we were up against it and it wasn't until like the fifth or sixth rally. We actually started to make changes to the car because we kind of figured we can't beat this car on pace. You know, we have to make a change in order for us to put pressure on again. So it was a very much different approach to previous years they've had, you know, they've never been up against a current spec or rally car um, or last year's spec, I should say. So it was it was a big challenge for all the team, you know, and it's still going into this year where it's the last year of that car because obviously next year they're changing to more of like an R5 regulated. Mm-hmm. So the budget wouldn't have been there as it would have been four or five years ago. So mm-hmm. that was always going to be on the back foot. Um, but hats off to them. They made some changes. And after the fifth rally, the New England, it was on point, you know, the car was, was faultless. Excellent, excellent. And like the, the American series, I almost think it's almost like a mini WRC because it's so spread out and the, the variation of the events, like, you know, you talked about first rally was snow and then, you know, there's some of the, the events they say they're almost Finland-like and then there's other ones then that's, that's more litter gravel on them. You know, you get such a variation of surfaces, uh, you know, it's gravel mainly, but it's still, it's not the same gravel for each event. That's what I suppose what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. And the good thing is in 
in America, you know, the country's so vast, so you can go from one corner to the other, and it could be a totally different kind of climate and even a time zone, you know. So they have got the space to be able to um, make changes and build a bit more of a characteristic than than um, you know other places. But of course, every every rally you know, there's quite fast because the nature of the roads. But you do get the odd the old rally like um, Southern Ohio, or even like I said about Olympus, the old stage and stuff is a bit more technical, and it's it's kind of a good thing they can do that, but still make it a national series because. You can literally just jump in the rally car, be a clubman, and you get all sorts of variations. Um, and it's good for the championship because we don't want to be doing the same the same stages all the time either. And like, you know, to be involved in the championship, like we, you know, as I kind of said earlier on about with Ken Block and Travis Pastrana, again, you know, not just in rallying terms, in sporting terms, they are massive names. Like the Razamataz they bring to an event. It must be nice to be mixing along with them guys there, you know, just chill out with them or whatever between stages. Yeah, definitely. You know, like they are big personalities, and you know, it's kind of like the American way almost compared to us Europeans. Yeah. But what they've done for the sport in terms of getting fans there and getting the the hype, I suppose, on the events is brilliant. You know, and for a, a national championship, that's what you need. You know, you need these big profile characters to come and get the views and get spectators because that's how the championship builds. And if they can, um you know, get a young kid enthusiastic about it who ends up building a rally car and competes, then it's another competitor. So in terms of their kind of profile in rallying, it's it's good to see, definitely. And like you talk next year, you know, they're going to kind of go down more, they are five, but that has to be positive. You know, it'll, it'll open up the, the championship to a larger array of cars. Yeah, definitely. I, I think all the competitors thought, you know, it, something needs to be, be changed because there'd be the Subaru and the Hyundai and then there'd be you know a few minutes to the next car no disrespect to those boys but yeah. it wasn't so much them it was more the car they were in so there was such a big gap um created just by the regulations so in order to you know bring it more on an equal level field and they had to make a change and thank god they made the change for the good and next year is going to be more r5 so like i said if anyone's out there you can just hop on the plane and you know i'm sure there'll be cars over there like Tommy buckley and Hopefully Barry gets his, his crew out again just to make more of a, a platform for it. But you could do with having, you know, nine or ten drivers who can all win the championship because um, just three at the top, it, it gets a bit lonely sometimes. Yeah, but, because uh, we see that in Ireland, that, you know, that they went down the R5 route back in 2015-16. But the, mm. the way that has opened up the championship, so, like, I have great faith that that's going to happen in America. Like, you know, well, you know, Subaru are renowned for their world rally cars and, you know, all that. Will they look at this specification to car and try and build something to it as well, do you think? Yeah, so Subaru are actually building uh, a new new rally car. So they've updated the Impreza, so the actual model's changed. Mm -hmm. um, the car we've been in has been the Impreza for the last seven years or so. Um, so Subaru built a, a new car just to fit the regulations. Um, and I think Ken will be back with a Hyundai, whether it's the wild car or it's an R5, kind of brought up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah so there's definitely room you know for more guys to jump in and like i said you know the irish tarmac championship is probably one of the best out there in terms of competition like you can pull a name out of a hat out the top 10 yeah. cars that you're gonna win <laughs> and that's what that's what aira wants you know that's what it needs because you need to get those competitors in and create more of a, a championship i suppose but um yeah We'll uh, you know, we're always kind of looking for the Irish angle in the podcast here. You know, yourself and uh, Josh had a great time together, and then yourself and Aaron, there's always that great friendship. Do you still stay in contact with the guys? Oh, of course, yeah. You know, it's those, those guys be my a few of my best mates for many years to come, I'm sure. And 
I had the phone call the other day off Aaron to say when you're coming over for a beer, so we'll get that organized before before yeah. Christmas for sure. But um yeah, and it's great to see him do so well, you know. Obviously, Josh has taken off with the Motorsport Irish Academy, which is great to be a part of. Um, mm-hmm. the platform they've got and the structure for young drivers is uh, really starting to shine now. And obviously William Crichton's out in, in Spain and there's other bits going on. So it's it's good to see that that's still going ahead and it's still as strong and getting stronger than ever. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very uh, positive to see. Excellent, excellent. And, you know, your friendship with Aaron, you shared a car last year, you've done a, like a, a lanes rally. Would that be something you'd like to look at again? And would you like to drive this time, maybe? Oh, I'm not sure, to be honest. <laughs> after, the last, after the last attempt, where we nearly got us both killed. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it, it was it was good to go out and just have a bit of fun, just have a bit of downtime and just both get into a bit of grassroots and, uh, you know, in some old Persia we bought for literally the night before for like 300 euros. So it was... <laughs> It was a good laugh, you know. It's uh, it's good to kind of meet all like the, you know the competitors and what everyone's up to, and they're still as hungry for it as we are. So it's it's good to see. Great to catch up with Keaton there, you know. And like I would say, there'd be some crack from the three of them himself, Aaron and uh, Josh get together and say, "Now the crack will be ninety, you know." Um, without further ado, I think we'll catch up with Matt Cotton, you know, on to talk about the BRC, how it finished up, and then looking forward to next year, but. First of all, I started off by asking uh, Matt, you know, was Ocean Price a deserving one? Absolutely. I mean, I was going to say nobody more deserving, but I think I think <laughs> probably Keith Cronin and his clan is probably sitting there thinking, well, we are. But look, Ocean's been trying so, so many years, even going back to sort of when I was competing in the BRC in 2008. You know, Ocean's been knocking on the door of of wanting to win a British Rally Championship for for decades you know he's a three-time runner-up and he's sitting there thinking you know I need this now this is my time and and you know go back to November last year it it, it went down to the, the penultimate stage I think it was it was between him and Matt Edwards and 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 his rally and his championship pretty much ended on its on its roof in the in the final few miles of of the season so I, I think it was very much a redemption year for Oshin. I think he really had the bit between his teeth. The passion was undoubtedly there. And for Keith to come back to try and win his his fifth, it was just it was it was really, for want of a better term, I guess, the perfect storm. You know, you had Keith really revved up for that fifth title. He was really passionate about it. Um, you know, Keith had issues of his own at the, the beginning part of the year that he had to overcome. Um and 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 then when Oshin's exclusion on the Jim Clark put him back points-wise, that was a really difficult time for him. So for him to come back and just fight tooth and nail with the likes of of Keith, who 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 is as fast as ever, he really is, you know, absolutely great. He was he was very much deserving of that fight. Yeah, yeah. and the Keith has that never say day attitude. He never give up. Like you know, even in the last round there, like. Many another driver would, you know, oh, well, I had the wrong tire choice in this this morning. You know, there, there's no comeback from this. He he put the head down. And he, you know, he he kept at it. Yeah, there's a reason why you're a, a four-time BRC champion, and and Keith really showed us that all season long. And you know, even when it went down in in uh, is it 17 when when it went down to sort of point one of a second on the on the Isle of Man, it it just shows he's just got that ability just to keep pushing on regardless because he knows as well as anybody anything can happen it's a spin it's a puncture it's 
you know, something can happen in the course of the event that will just turn everything on its head. And he knows that better than anybody. So, um, you know, re two really well-matched drivers, two really well-matched crews as well, um, and really went so very perfectly together this year. I, you can say all you like about lack of numbers and, you know, that's 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 another thing, but but to be at the top of the game like those two boys were and go hammer and tong at it, it was it was great to watch. Yeah, and they, the, those two in particular, you could take them to any championship in the world, world championship, ERC, wherever, and they will be the pace setters. You know, they you know, like, there's no doubt in my mind that they are quick anywhere. Yeah, and and actually they both proved that. I, yeah. I I guess we we kind of forget in a way that both of those drivers have been at the WRC level, often mm -hmm. competed in the what was called the Drive DMAT Championship mm -hmm. and won that. Um, that was back. You know, I guess the precursor to the junior WRC, and of course Keith went out there in the in the Citroen days and did it in the in the DS3 and was as competitive as you like. And you know, the they, both of those guys have what it takes um, to go on and, and do that kind of stuff. As, as Matt Edwards would have, uh, you know, if he had the budget to the place in the BRC is something else, and and it gives such a good grounding to go on to European and, and WRC events. It's, it's um, we don't often shout about it often enough, yeah. but, but very much the BRC's pace is is still very worthy European-wide, I guess. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then, you know, like uh, this weekend coming up, the Cambrian Rally, it could have been like a bit of a damp squad, you know, with the championship decided and the, the two main protagonists not, you know, decided not to come to the event. But it's turned out, and what it, like we have, Oliver Solberg making his BRC debut, and then the likes of you know uh, like James Williams and Gary Pearson and Rory Bell. You know they, those three guys want to show how well they've you know stepped up the pace this year as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think when I was writing the pre-event press release, I think I think somebody actually I stole the the term off a friend of mine, and he said that you know it's almost like the next generation of the BRC guys are, are allowed to just step up, and that's. That's not doing them a disservice. That's not saying that they're they're slower than auction keys because actually they're not. They're pretty much there or thereabouts. But it it just allows them to maybe flourish a bit. And of course, having Oliver come in and 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 Jason Mitchell coming along, Patrick coming along, you know, his pace on on, on gravel is 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 pretty epic. Irish mm -hmm. Irish gravel champion, you know, Irish forestry champion. You, you're not going to do that by being slow and. For everybody to come together and have a bit of a mix it's almost like um it's almost like a reset button has been pressed i guess for the the last round it's like nobody really knows what's going to happen anymore we could have we could have gone back and thought okay well it will be option against keith and and maybe the other guys will, will will maybe be in the mix if they're lucky but now it's like actually i don't know what's going to happen yeah. i don't know who's going to come out on top are the guys going to be pushing oliver um, is Oliver going to be surprised by the pace of Rory and James and, and, and Patrick and Jason? It's 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 exciting, really exciting. It's it's going to be a, probably arguably one of the most exciting ones of the season because it is almost like that unknown. It's almost like the first round of the championship again. Yeah, like and, and that that unknown definitely adds spice to rally. And like as you say, of the the two guys that have been there, you've been thinking, right? Yeah. Who's going to get the third place in the podium almost, you know? So this unknown is, um, I think it'll really spice the thing up a wee bit. And then we can't forget Eamon Kelly making the step up from, you know, the junior 
junior category into the full fat, you know, rally five or rally, sorry, R5 polo this weekend. Yeah, what a guy. What a guy. Awful lot of time frame. And I mean, just so much maturity on a young shot. I, I keep, when I chat to Eamon, I'm like, are you 30? Because <laughs> he, he is just, he's just brilliant. He, he really, really is. He's got the right attitude. He approaches it well, along with Connor in the co-driver seat as well. It's such a great, great team. Um, and it and it's, I don't think I'm saying it too, too much. It, it's an honour to sort of see them step up into that R5 machinery. I know he's done it on tarmac. I know that they've, they've been over there and, uh, and done that on tar before. But to see them sort of just get hold of the polo on gravel will be really, really good. Um, I'm sure they will have a master plan. I'm sure it will be mostly about learning, especially with the stages that they've got there, of course, world-class stages. So it's, you know, there, there will be plenty for them to think about, I think. Um, but I've got no doubt that they're going to gradually increase that pace over the course of the weekend and and, and want to be, they're going to be comparing times against everybody else. If, if they say they're not, they're lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And like, you know, you mentioned Patrick O'Brien there and Jason Mitchell. Those two guys have proved uh, over here in Ireland, anyway, at least, that they they have no fear of anyone. And I think they'll, yeah. they'll go on with that attitude to the BRC as well. That, yeah, really yeah definitely. Believe. I mean, and, and um, Patrick, um, sorry, Jason especially, uh, I came over and did the down rally a, a, a few months ago. And he got his first stage win over at the Down Rally on the final stage, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And and again, just re- a really nice attitude to his rallying. You know, he really, really enjoys it. He loves the challenge. He really enjoys the challenge. And I, and I think he's he's probably going to be heading into this weekend with that same kind of the buzz and the passion and the attitude that he's got. Is he just he just wants to sit there and compare himself to everybody else and just keep improving. And that's all he wants to do. He just wants to keep. Um, improving, and, and he's just lucky enough to be in a in a rally two car that 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 can is capable of doing that. For sure, for sure. Like I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, and I loved his quote was that when he steps into a rally car, the smell of racing fuel makes him feel twenty years younger. You know, and like as yeah. you talked about, he has that drive to want to you know better himself. Like that's always fantastic to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I'm interested to see how he goes on gravel. I think. I can't remember who was telling me, but somebody said that he actually prefers gravel to tarmac. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know if he's done uh, the North Wales stages before, um, but so if not, you know, it's going to be different for him. It's going to be unique. They are a challenge. They're going to be very slippery. I mean, the wet, the weather forecast is not great, so they're going to be very, very tricky indeed. And look, if we look back to Matt, uh, the event last year, Matt Edwards, who knows those stages like the back of his hand, he went off there. He, yeah. he had a torrid time. He he hit a bank and, and, and broke the car. So, you know, it, they're not easy by any stretch of the imagination. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Yeah, that's for sure. That's sure. And then Patrick O'Brien, you know, you mentioned there, he's the Irish Forest champion in 2022 and he's a member of the MA Academy like this is another young talent that you know I think with a wee bit of luck well I think it's going to surprise a few of you over there this weekend yeah yeah absolutely and he's made no secret of of wanting to I don't know dip his toe in the water I think he, mm-hmm. he wants to go and just compare his pace outside of Ireland see what it's like over this side of the water 
um, you know, not saying the pace isn't quick over there, of course, but, yeah. but just, just, I guess he's just interested to see what it's like, and and he sees the value uh, in coming to uh, an event like the Cambrian to do just that and to sample different stages, um, because they are going to be unique and different to what he's used to, um, and I think anybody that does want to progress their career in any way does obviously need to spread their wings a bit. And, and I think probably the timing of the year and, and just looking towards 2023, it's probably um, a good event to do. And, and you know, it, it's going to be nice for him to always compare his times against Oliver Solberg, isn't yes, it? Anybody's right. going to be proud yeah. to do that. Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, we're talking about 2023. Uh, the BRC announced their new calendar earlier this week. You know, for a change... Leaning a wee bit more towards the tower this year, four tower events and then three gravel events. It's great to see like a mix of new events, some returned events, and then some of the the old standards there as well. Yeah, I think uh, look, Reese Reese Tarran, the the championship manager, has put a lot of effort into it. I think you know it's easy for people to be critical and to say why haven't you done this and why haven't you done that, and and there's many many caveats to putting a calendar together. Um, if we could have a 12-round calendar, I'm pretty sure we could find events to, to fit every single one of those and there'd be valid reasons to go to every single one of those events. Um, but, you know, it's realistic. It's a seven-round calendar and being seven rounds, there's ultimately going to be either a, a, a gravel or an asphalt swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, just the way it works, it's an asphalt swing. Uh, it's not necessarily the direction that the championship will go. It's just how it's landed this year um and and he he made a point of working hard so that if somebody wanted to do the brc it will be just to uh set up changes throughout the year so those asphalt uh events are all in one block so everybody can keep the car in the same setup if they choose to if, if you know if that's the way they want to do it uh and then uh the the remaining gravel rounds are at the end of the year and and it just it works really well um, it's it's sad that we're not in the south of the UK, um, but there has been a, a real desire from the competitors, from from our our competitors, and from the feedback that we've got to have a lot longer, tougher, harder, uh, say better events. Just but events that are sort of slightly higher in stature, I guess. Uh, and because of that, not every other event will fit into that remit. So it's been a case of trying to tick as many boxes as possible. And and I guess that's how the calendar's come about. Yeah. And like you talk, you know, like you could as you say, you could easily have twelve events. That's a nice position to be in that you could have you know, that you know, events are fighting almost to be part of the calendar. It's a nice position to be in as coordinator then of the of the championship to be able to say, right, well this year we'll we'll do this, this and this. And then next year we'll mix it up a bit and we'll do this, this and this. You know, rather than just revisiting the same events year in, year out. Well, absolutely. I think several weeks ago, there, there's probably a lot of uh, a lot of commentary about, you know, the BRC needs to change. It needs to change radically. It needs to have a, a mix up. It needs to do that. And kind of, I think the calendar's done that. I, I think um, it's nice that there are events that that certainly want us back again, and it's nice that there are events that see the value in in maybe adjusting their event to be able to cope with um I say cope that's the wrong word 
adjusting their events, I guess, to to fit in with the ideals of the BRC. And I mean that in as much as stage mileages, the longevity of the stages and things like that, um, which which is sort of worthy of the BRC. But Reese did not want to go down, certainly on gravel, did not want to go down the 45 mile route again because he wanted to differentiate between the very popular BTRDA rally championship that's around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, he wanted to to make sure that the BRC was different from that. They offered an additional challenge. Um, if the guys are going to come over and wreck you, they, they, they might as well make it worthwhile, basically. Yeah. Um, and I and I think he succeeded with doing that. And yeah, some new events. Malcolm Wilson, legendary forests. I can't remember the last time the British Championship was in the Cumbrian forests. Uh, and of course, the return of, of Eat. I mean, mm-hmm. such a such a special event, really yeah. special. Like we look at the the impact that made in the WRC. You know, all the crews loved it there. You know, to so to be to be around of the BRC is like you know, to or to return to the BRC. Like that's a massive step, but you know, a step for a step backwards to go forwards. I think maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it, it's probably one of the highly regarded, most highly regarded events in mainland Europe, I think. And I'll admit, and it, and, and it's <laughs> we talk about it quite a bit, but I will admit in 2019, when Ian Campbell, then championship manager, was like, you know, we're going to Ypres, I was like, why are we going to Belgium? What, what you know, we're a British championship, why are we going to Belgium? And I think it probably took me about two minutes of stepping into Ypres Town Centre before I realised exactly why. And, and and it just offers so very, very much, you know, the, the mileage of the events, uh, the event, the challenge of the event, the way the whole community embraced the rally. I mean, it's just, there's just nothing like it. There really isn't. I, and, the and rally it becomes part of that community for the weekend. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's town centre, it takes over. It's not hid away in a, an industrial state in the back of beyond. It's the, it's front and centre. Yeah, and everybody wants it. That's that's the difference. We all, I guess we all know in, in rallying over here how it can be a challenge sometimes and we have to almost sell it to the community i guess we have to not bribery but we do have to use quite a bit of leverage to 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 make the uh, the community understand the sport and how we go about what we do whereas you go to e and 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 they all just get it everybody gets it and and that resonates in the event as itself and that's not even talking about the roads that are there. like 130 miles or whatever it's going to be uh, of belgian roads is is enough to challenge you know the, the the best drivers in the business. It really, really is. That is for sure. And then you're also making a, a welcome return to the Ulster Rally as well. And like that always brings its unique challenges. You know they normally start doing the Friday evening. There's like a night stages and and the weather conditions at that time of the year. We can have everything from bright sunshine to torrential rain all inside two stages. So it always yeah. brings up a wee bit different. <laughs> yeah, I took. You know, last year was perfect example of that. Um, you know, it was it was a great great event, and 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 we missed it. We missed it this year. There was a there was there was a an opinion and and a, and a right one, I believe. A personal personal thought is that you know a post COVID season, we thought that having more events on the mainland was the right thing to do, uh, calendar wise. I'm not sure if it fitted. I mean, I, I don't know how it quite worked, but but we missed it. Nevertheless, we missed it. 
uh, and I, I am personally very, very pleased that 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 Reese managed to get an event back in Northern Ireland. It, it, again, it's one of those special places, some huge history with the BRC, massive, massive heritage. Um, it's kind of part of us, uh, and, and it it will make a very welcome return. It's again, it's a challenge. Um, no matter what the format, actually, it, it, it is no matter what the format, as you say, the weather, the type of stages that there are. And of course, we get to have that friendly rivalry between us and the, the yeah. ITRC again, which is, <laughs> which is just brilliant. You know, it, it, it really is great. It's it's just a, a bit of laugh, a bit of crack. And uh, and it's nice just to see who's going to come out on top because it's always a good fight. Always a good fight. Well, thanks again there to Matt there. Uh, lovely to hear from him as always. So Cambrian's going to be interesting, Connor. You know, Oliver Solberg coming with his WRC experience. Probably a bit of a target in his back. And no doubt the other guys will be wanting to just to see how close or if they can beat them. Absolutely. You know, it'll be, uh, at least it'll be a benchmark for them. And uh, what do you call it? More than likely it'll be out to try and beat them uh, mm -hmm. if they can. It'll be interesting to see what he does. You know, very hard to rule him out. Whilst he didn't have the best of years, in the WRC, if we look at what he did at ooh, the age of 17 over in the American Championship mm -hmm. to get into the big Subarus and start clocking up wins was pretty incredible, to be honest. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, and, and the ERC and the Polo as well, too. And interesting to see it's Melvin Evans, one of the Melvin's cars that they're using at the weekend, too. So you, we always know how good a car they turn out as well. So that's going to be very interesting. And then, you know, the likes of, you know, Jason Mitchell, Patrick O'Brien, uh, you know, him and Kelly, I think Patrick O'Brien, I think going to be a real dark horse for this rally, you know, too. So I think that's going to be, uh, I think, watch this space, you know, so hopefully. I, th I think so. Like Patrick is definitely on form and I will certainly be watching times and split times against um, Solberg mm -hmm. just to see, you know, where Patrick's at because I don't think he'll be too far away. That's for sure. That is for sure. And then Johnny Mulholland and the, the juniors as well. You know, he's still fighting for, you know, the second and third places up for grab there between himself and Ewan Lloyd as well, too. So that, you know, best of luck to Johnny. And Eamon Kelly making the step from, you know, he's done it on tar before, but this is his first time in gravel and the, the polo as well. So I, I think, you know, Eamon is a wee star of the future, no doubt about it. Um, be interesting to see you know, how he gets on there at the weekend as well. Yeah, be very curious now um, to see how Eamon compares and, and you know, expecting uh, some good stage time from him. I, you know, he's he's well suited to that polo and just once he settles in on the gravel, I think it'll be, you know, a decent result for him. For sure, for sure. And then, you know, um, Jason Mitchell and Paddy McCrudden's over there as well too. And like Jason, you know, he's like, I love chatting to Jason. He's just such a... A feel good character as well, you know. You always come away from chatting to Jason in a positive frame of mind. Um, like we know his plan, and uh, there's no doubt he'll go hard and he'll be out to prove a point too. So wishing all, everybody the best of luck, uh, but especially our own guys at uh, the weekend. And um, we bit closer to home then. We have Banner Beach on Sunday then. Um, what a lineup of cars, you know. Sam's obviously number one, uh, on <coughs> uh, back in the start again. So it'll be interesting to see how. Probably won't have the legs of the, the class 14 guys, but you know, Sam still will go hard. Absolutely. You know, he's not, not one to shy away from a, a fight in the battle. Um, mm. But as you say, class 14, you start bringing in Ryan Locker and Gary Kiernan, 
um you know daniel yeah. cronin there as well in the evo uh, and richard moffat there mm -hmm. in, in starlet you know again all hard challengers that's for sure and like i think uh ed o'callaghan and the darian i think that could be a very interesting proposition there like we know how hard ed goes in the like in the mark two so I don't think he'll be too far away now, to be honest with you. you know, so. Not be too far away, but a bit of an adjustment there, you know, as well. Mm -hmm. Those, those Darians are fairly light compared to the, you know, the escorts. Mm -hmm. So, and then a man making the move back to Mark Two from his world cars and uh, R fives, Declan Boyle. Um, you know, that's where Declan cut his teeth. It was in the class fourteen Mark Twos. You know, I would say now, in fairness, the pace probably has moved on a bit since the last time we've done one, but he was no slouch back in the day either. No, definitely was not, and uh, again. You know, I would say give him a couple of stages to get warmed up and it'll be interesting to see what times he's setting. That's for sure. That is for sure. So I think that's will wrap up that. That's all. Once again, can you please like, share, uh, comment, rate, all those things. As I say, over the last few weeks, you've been doing it in your droves. Really appreciate it. And until the next time, take care, speak soon and bye. <laughs>